I lovingly tuck your hair behind your ear in the next five minutes. The Russians are going to let off an atomic bomb over West London. <laughs> so, Soap, we have to we have to we have to infiltrate a B and B in the Lake District. <laughs> soap, this next mission requires a soldier and hands. Soap, we're going deep cover. We're going to Mamma Mia the musical. <laughs> <laughs> I've booked us in at ZZ's for a pre theater meal. It'll help us blend in. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's GF. That's right. Uh, it is. It's a free one. It's mm. all of us now. Yeah. Uh, although, it's a free one. Although, I have to. Uh, I have to share some sad news. Yeah. Which is that Alice is no longer with us. That's true. Uh, I feel like every time we talk about the startup Ambulance, we get a different host. Um, I'm finally doing a thing I've been trailing on Twitter for the longest time of changing my name to November, like the month, like the um, NATO Finance Because alphabet. you respect the troops. Exactly. Because, you know, I want to go on a romantic getaway with Captain Price. And I thought That's the best right. way to do that would be to change my name to something military sounding. Yeah, no, so, so this is 100% serious. Uh, all of it, including the Captain Price bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Call Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 got very interesting. Yeah, Call of Duty yeah, yeah, yeah. Modern Warfare is an automate. Uh, it, it is a dating simulator, um, and that's, that's right. the correct way of playing it. Um, but yeah, mm. no, I'm, I am fully We're the only two men who understand each other, Soap. <laughs> After all these years, we've been through the same things. <laughs> it gets easier, Soap. <laughs> You just have to do a lot of really romantic stuff in SAS selection, you know? It's mostly about wine pairings. <laughs> I'm sorry, please carry on. No, no, no. That was that was it. That was my whole bit. Yeah. Is I am changing mm. my name from Alice to November. Please and thank you. Uh, it's mm. uh, yeah. So you're out one host, but you're up one new one. But also joining us uh, from beyond the grave, it's Hussein. <laughs> Technically, not beyond the grave. Very much inside the grave. Uh, because... <laughs> one foot in the grave. You're Victor Meldrew. <laughs> um, the backstory of this being that I did have to go to a funeral earlier this week, and. Uh, as I was walking back from uh, burying one of my uh, from one of my relatives, a very a very sad moment. Um, I was on my phone, uh, as as, yeah. as as you'd expect, and uh, in in a cemetery, uh, there are several like the way in which they make the burials more efficient is to sort of like half dig it so that when the bodies come in, like you don't have to like dig new ones. And so so long story you short, afford a I fell, grave. I I tripped into I I tripped and fell into. A uh, a shallow grave, <laughs> and when that happened, when that happened, and I was very much in full view of everyone, uh, mm-hmm. some of some of whom were just sort of shaking their heads at me to yeah, show they disagreed with it. Wooden box, like <laughs> there was no box in there. It was just like a pre-dug grave, which like uh-huh. I think has its own sort of like you know it has that has its own spooky connotation. Yeah, I mean, it, th- think about very, it. Yeah. The, the person they buried in that grave wasn't even the first person in that grave. <laughs> Like, God, yeah. imagine that. It's like hot desk game. I hadn't even thought about that, but like, you like broke it in for them. It's you like pre-warmed their grave. But that's not like they're, they'll like when when they're sort of buried and like you know the, sp- the spirit will be like, yo, what this 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 be smelling funky? <laughs> yeah, it smells of vape in here. <laughs> I just want a really clean drop of you saying this be smelling funky. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this when when this did happen, I did immediately tell you because I thought it'd be very funny, and I did not expect mm-hmm. to have to retell that story on the show. So I do appreciate, I do appreciate. Um, it it the, is the low lights real. Look, this is a sacred pact that we're in. Anytime any one of us humiliates ourselves one way or the other, it's going into well, look, the show. Yeah, I mean, I'm mm. taking all your secrets I know about you to my shallow grave, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, now you're out of it. Now you've got a little, like, <laughs> achievement for one of the relatively few people who have climbed out of a grave. Mm. What I will say, what mm. I will say is falling into a grave and, like, sort of having to lie there for a few seconds, it does really change your perspective on the world. Why did you have to lie there for a few seconds? Were you doing the, like, Yamcha, like, death pose? Well, my thinking was more like, oh, this is probably never going to happen again until I am actually dead, by which point I probably won't appreciate it. So, so, um... (laughs) Might as well appreciate it. You don't want to be in a Kill Bill situation. (laughs) Why not enjoy it for a few more seconds? (laughs) Anyway, anyway. um, We're going to talk about the, um, some items in the news today, and then we are going to, in honor of our new co-host, revisit... Ambulance, the first thing that you talked about when you first came on as a guest many years ago. Yeah, and I made myself indispensable. 
<laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, um, First news item, graves. Are people stealing them? <laughs> <laughs> no. I turned up to bury my grandmother. There was someone in it. <laughs> There's this podcaster, you know? Yeah. Goldilocks and the three graves. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm now just imagining like um, a la- like a grave, la- like a landlord, a uh, grave just like you know, a, gr- a grave lord. <laughs> just like My most this grave plot of, lord. This, 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 this plot that you're squatting in is actually two thousand six hundred a month. <laughs> you, He'll dig you, you up if you don't pay the rent. <laughs> if you were just like, if you were just laid there, if you just stayed there, you would have had like, you've got it started on adverse possession. You know, you would have had the squatters' rights. There are stories of that happening very quickly because I, I, I can't remember where it was. But like there was sort of like a cemetery that was owned privately and the guy who owned it wanted to sell the land. And um, I don't know what happened to it, but the idea was if he was going to sell the land to developers, like they would have to dig up the graves and sort of put them somewhere else. Yeah. It's a lovely uh, single aspect space. Uh, it's about uh, six feet by, by <laughs> two feet by uh, by six feet. You could, uh, yeah, you could put a using it as a there. grave, but like you could, a home office. Yeah, it's a breakfast um, nook, you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All Storage. Right. Let's, let's, uh, weirdly, I was going to say, let's leave the graveyard behind for a jarring change in tone. We must, I think, discuss, I think, before we move on, the ongoing, I would say, the grim conclusion to the media circus that has surrounded uh, the murder of Brianna Jai. Um, and I think we can start with the fact that in Parliament, while Starmer was doing his usual thing, PMQ, uh, he yeah. Had, yeah, he had Brianna, Brianna Jai's mother, Esther, was in the sort of galleries, right? And Sunak comes up to the dispatch box and he says, well, I'm ready to use the line. I'm yeah, ready he's, to he's use doing the line. a bit of like, it's, BBC News has since described this as a jibe. I've seen it elsewhere described as a joke. Mm-hmm. So Sunak comes up with his Tommy Cooper fez on to the dispatch box and says, have you heard the one about <laughs> about knowing what a woman is? Just like that. Boom, boom. Yeah. The weird thing was he died at the dispatch box and no one knows for 45 like- minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and so he does the one, he does the thing because he's he has been conditioned like a dog yeah. to be like, I know how to make all of these, you know, like like hooting morons clap for me. Yeah, and he the, doesn't the- even know what a woman is, which is not a trans woman, apparently. He, oh, Starmer is is saying, you know, he's saying he knows what's going to happen, but he doesn't even know what a woman is, which is the the line that they use over and over and over and over again, and it's always reported as trouble for labor, as it's mm-hmm. unable to define what. It, and it, of course, labor is able to to define what a woman is. They use a very transphobic definition. More yes, or less. yeah, not transphobic enough, John. Yeah, but so this this kind of seemed to surprise, shock even Starmer. Um, and he he since did the like um, you know how dare you at a time like this any other week of the year would be totally acceptable and I would you know completely fold to what you're saying mm. but you know as we know in our sort of like liberal understanding the most important person in relation to trans rights is parent of one and so mm. what you've done is you have, you have transgressed here by by being rude and cruel. Well, because it's still parent of dead child, regardless yes, of yeah. transness, which, as we know, marks it down a few points in their eyes. But yeah. still, dead child parent—that's pretty sympathetic. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so now Sunak is is sort of like doubling, tripling down on this. And I just—the <sighs> thing is—it was a bit of banter. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was. I was doing irony. Mm. I guess the thing is that it occurs to me that. This is grotesquely, grotesquely cynical on Starmer's part. Like, given the you know the transphobia is still abundant in the Labour Party, given the fact that fucking like had Brianna Jai like not died on the spot, had she gone to hospital, his shadow health secretary wouldn't have let her in a women's ward. Mm. There's like it's absolutely grotesque to to make the Labour Party the kind of like lesser of two evils here, which is barely. Especially given mm. that he, he met with uh, with her mother after the fact and said, we need more like mental health support for kids. Fucking human gelatin mold that he is. It just, it occurs to me, right, that this really did rattle him because what you might dimly describe as his values are those of kind of like, you know, metropolitan upper middle class prosecutor of, it's nice to be nice, this is both cruel and weird. I'm sure that he personally knows, likes, respects trans people. It just doesn't matter to him when it's sort of convenient to to gain power. And so this sort of moment where he was like, wait a second, this is really gross. I have this feeling that like this is not going to change anything in that sense, but the sort of the best prospect 
for making Britain less transphobic within the electoral process, within the political process, is ultimately going to have to rely on that kind of like repulsion of li- uh, repulsion, that revulsion of liberals being like, this is gross and weird. And it's, it's important to just be nice to people who you think are weird anyway, you know? And if, if they can kind of like repeat that, which was very successful in terms of like marriage equality and lots of gay rights stuff, if they can repeat that thing of like, it's important to be tolerant to people, even though we know they're weird, you still have to be nice, then it, it will still be terrible, but it will be a bit less terrible. And I think if this moment can be sort of like used for those purposes, then all's the good. But I don't, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, because we've said this before that so much of like the the really rabid transphobia stuff is just so weird. Yeah, true. But it's like it's hard to sell to the electorate because it's just like, well, if you saw a trans person in the supermarket, would you behave like this or would you simply go about your day? I reckon probably just go about your day for most people. You don't have to understand it. You just have to ignore it. Yeah, that's all you have to do. You don't have to get involved in any way. Just just ignore it and go about your day. Sunak doing this reminds me a bit of the DeSantis Black Sun campaign Mm. ad. You know where Mm. it's like. You have hitched your wagon to a bunch of extremely online freaks who think this is the baseline culture war thing of how we're going to like divide uh, society. And then people look at it and go, this makes you look like an obvious Nazi. Why are you mm. doing this? Stop and doing this. And he would this. say, mmm, hungry. <laughs> well, so this is, this is actually what I think we can link this as well, in, in these terms anyway, mm. into like the, the ongoing story of the British Conservative Party sort of descending into online strangeness. Oh, yeah. We've got some Liz the, Truss later about that very exactly. thing. Exactly. Liz, Liz Truss is back and not realizing, right, that her career in British politics is over. She now has to be an American lecturer, mm-hmm. which will be way more lucrative and she'll have more fun with it. Mm. Right? Yeah, sort of course but, convener at the University of Austin. Yeah. yeah, we support this. <laughs> yeah, but talking go, go about get the bag, Liz. Uh, mm-hmm. But ta- launching her movement, popular conservatism, which is finally trying real conservatism. But she didn't get a chance to when she was in office. I guess University of Austin bankrupted by the bathrobe bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real conservatism has never been tried. Yeah. She can get through, and we had no idea. <laughs> I got so, boys bringing truckloads of them up to our office. <laughs> so this is this is Liz Truss saying almost proudly. You know, um, too many of our colleagues are looking at what jobs they get when they leave Parliament. They want to be popular at London dinner parties. I never get invited to those parties. Well, because it clashes with verboten, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, lambasting wokeism, net zero immigration, saying that governments are being stymied when trying to respond to them in a conservative way, saying, I believe a fundamental issue is that for years and years and years... The sequel to years and years. Conservatives have not taken on the left-wing extremists. This is... She's the hmm. honorable minister for going on the computer, and so is Rishi Sunak, and so are the rest of them. You know what this Liz Truss thing is like specifically? It's like when a band who were one-hit wonders put out a greatest hits thing years later, uh, and you yeah, have to have yeah, yeah. all of the B-sides of remixes. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Liz Truss is like, not, like, one hit, I am going to crash the economy. That's like track one, side one, and then the rest of it is wokery, uh, you know, environmentalism, socialism. Mm. She's the Venga Boys. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, so I listened to uh, the Jeremy Vine show today, as mm-hmm. I often do. Of course. And there was like a, wh- one of the topics that he had on it was sort of just people just debating like what they made of like Sunak making this comment in the comments. Mm. And it was amazing watching like media people and even members of the general public, most of whom were being pretty disapproving of it, all being in a kind of fairly milquetoast way, mm. just struggling to find an explanation of why he would say something like this that isn't just like, Rishi Sunak's a stupid cunt, <laughs> who doesn't like, who didn't think about any of this, mm. because even strategically, it's just a stupid thing to say, because what's going to happen is this. Like, it, it just makes you look like a stupid cunt. But they're, they're, it was so like British media where it's like, well, of course, we can't consider the proposition that he's a stupid cunt. We've got to, <laughs> we've got to come up with some like master plan, be it Machiavellian or otherwise, why he's doing this. It's like, no, he's a stupid cunt. Yeah. And that's why he said it, open and shut. I, I'm maybe going to hand it to Starmer that maybe this is part of the Starmer master mm. plan, because if you're playing yeah. poker against someone who like folds every hand, 500 consecutive hands, then maybe one time when you like trip over your own dick because you expect him to fold and be like, yeah, Mr. Speaker, I actually don't know what a woman is and I'm gay, mm. then like th- the one time that doesn't work out for you, uh, until then it's been a winning strategy. Starmer Jutsu. We're all in the Starmy <laughs> army now. Yeah if, you, yeah, if you just get like to like 99% transphobia levels and just stay there, then eventually your opponent will hit the 100% marker and will flip over, 
you can. Yeah. yeah. When your enemy is making a mistake, be sure to say, uh, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, well, well I, I, I don't think there's any need for that. Also, if, but I think this, right, this goes, it's, this goes back around where it's easy to say, right, that the only norms these people respect are polite, are politeness. There's yeah. no sort of thoroughgoing idea of like actual, you know, liberation for these, for these groups of people of that course. they actually care about. But I think I, it goes back to this broader theme, which is that the more specifically that the right with its, uh, I'd say, political space now thoroughly occupied by labor, mm-hmm. the more that this is forced them into into a very strange place. And they are going to be strange for quite a while. And they're probably going to be quite off putting for a while. But eventually, right, they even after these all of these issues, like just as like I think I think the in the nineties and two thousands, I think as you sort of compared this alluded to earlier, right, mm-hmm. Nova, this is a little bit like with equal marriage. They sure. went they just got too weird with opposing it. When the conservative right starts talking about like There's nothing wrong with it, so getting <laughs> getting too lurid in their details of what a person marrying a dog would be like, mm-hmm. you get like, okay, you're off putting now. This is weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go away from yeah, you politically. Yeah, I, you sort of hope in liberalism's ability to kind of like fence off an acceptable discourse and get to the point where like, what is a woman or like is a trans woman a woman becoming the sort of question. You know, analogous to is gay sex sinful, right? Because a, a question that a journalist only ever asks when they know that the person they're interviewing has a weird, wrong answer to it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they really read the room wrong when they tried to appall the British electorate with the idea of a man marrying his dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, would you kiss and fuck your dog? And he, yes, mostly is what most of them would say. <laughs> yeah, the British electorate, which is like. You know, solid plurality white women is like, yeah. <laughs> Would you tongue kiss your dog? Yes, I told you last week. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gloucestershire has gone very hard for not one of the usual parties. <laughs> Lord Buckethead on his dog kissing platform. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's what you need to stand on to kiss yeah. Clifford the big but, red dog. But before we move on, I want to talk about one other thing regarding this sort of whole mm. story which is the role which is the mother esther jai she then goes on laura Koonsberg and engages in what appears to be the only form of sort of bottom-up political advocacy that is allowed anymore yeah, the which grieving is parent the, campaign yeah the parent of a murdered child requests a crackdown yes basically. because what she wants is to you know ban kids from going on social media on their phones which is, I think we can agree, probably a pretty bad idea for all sorts of reasons. Well, and more to, more to the point, just simply unworkable. Like, won't work, no point suggesting it, can't be done. Yeah, but, like, she's not the only one to be doing this. So, um, Sinead O'Malley, who is the, the mother of uh, this, like, young woman, the student who got murdered by, like, a guy on a rampage in Nottingham, she's been campaigning for, like, mandatory prison terms for people found carrying knives. Also a terrible idea. Mm. And it strikes me that this is, as you say, Riley, this is a sort of acceptable space, one of the few left to do policy proposals, is if your child has been murdered and you're grieving, then a journalist will sort of like stick a microphone in your face and be like, well, what policy do you want to be different Mm. because of this? You've won one change to society. Yeah, exactly. What kind of hanging would you like to bring back? Exactly. that, That change can only be more oppressive. Mm. Uh, you know, we would ideally like it to have as little to do with uh, how your child died as possible. Uh, get after mm. it. And I, I just feel so exploitative. And the thing that strikes me as well is I think I think a lot about Stephen Lawrence's parents, right? Because mm. they were kind of like, in many ways, the original campaigning grieving parents. And the media didn't hand shit to them. They had to like pursue that and they were sort of like surveilled and uh sabotaged length by like huge segments of the british government and what they wanted was entirely just and and reasonable and correct and the mail worked out that they could use that to sell newspapers and since then i think there's been a a recognition that like grieving parents is is a good way to sort of like activate the campaigning press mode and Mm. Now that we've sort of we, we've done the the one where the press is going to campaign for something good to happen, now we can just do it for yeah. like 
Uh, so just some other shit, whatever, you know, uh, make it illegal to vape. A gr- grieving parent who's like, I want, I want Katie Price to have those tits brought back up to size. <laughs> like, well, that's what they want. It's what they, no, it's not up to us. Yeah, We've got Katie it, Price on the line. It's like disrespectful to them if you, if you don't think that that's a good idea, right? It just, it just feels nakedly exploitative. And it, it feels like, I think even as someone who has a lot of political opinions, right? If I, like, God forbid, ever, like, had my child murdered, I think I would be in, like, absolutely no frame of mind to do fucking policy white papers. And anyone who asked me to do that, I, I think, would so transparently, like, have an agenda about what they wanted me to say that I, it would feel really gross. And this feels really gross. Well, it's like the dichotomy between do you want to enact this bad policy that won't work or do you not care about murdered children? Yeah, exactly. And particularly with Brianna Jai's mother, it, it's like, do we want to address any of the any of the stuff that like is responsible for her death? Well, not really, because that's all stuff that both parties have been trafficking in for years. So I guess we can pin this one on social media again, you know? And it's also like get it, getting someone who's clearly like, probably not in not in their best state of mental health mm. and just being like what do you think the nation's media and we're gonna like pull apart whatever it is that you say yeah and it's like maybe just let her be sad about her dead child like maybe we don't need no, but you can't, yeah because like so much of like media training and i say this as someone who i say this as someone who um like had to sort of do it like all the door stopping mm. um and that sort of sense that like the door stopping you know because I, I i think i i've told the story before but i remember one time that i had sort of said that hey like if someone's kid died like is it necessarily good to go do that like mm. why wouldn't you just be able to sort of give them some space and be like nope you just gotta do it that's just what we all do don't think about it too much jump jump <laughs> yeah. jump jump the jump out grave the grave and, and you're like Whoop. and go to the next grave over <laughs> yeah um yeah and so and so it does sort of feel like okay well even in your worst moments you are still sort of coerced into like the media system mm. that runs british society and like at a certain point like you end up and like it's the worst case thing to sort of like for a parent to like have to accept that yeah like you know whatever we sort of know about all the structural issues that sort of all the structural problems that led to like these types of tragedies ultimately you then become this part of this sort of performance which mm. exists completely externally and outside of you and the whole point of it is that like you know unless you sort of have a lot of charity and like support behind you like that will just sort of be forgotten and i think you know the sort of stuff that happened in Parliament today, um, or like in, in the comments today, and like the sort of comments that Rishi Sunak made, um, are, is just really indicative of the fact that, like, well, she sort of served her purpose mm. of like kind of lukewarmly endorsing the sort of um, what you call it, the online safety bill, yeah. and like it's sort of more reactionary elements. Like, you know, now you're done. Well, because also, like, whenever you get something like this, that's like a kind of like tragic but very unusual case. Not to say mm. that transphobia is unusual, sure. but specifically, a child being murdered by other children is thankfully very unusual. Mm. It happens extremely rarely. Yeah. Everyone's like, "Well, this has never happened before, and now it happens every Tuesday." It's a cry, and it's like, "Well, no, like children have always murdered other children." Again, very occasionally. Mm. It's not like a new thing. It's not like it's not phones making them do it. Like the James Bulger case when I was a very young kid, like, and no one, no one was asking yeah. his parents shit. Like. Like no one was sort of like uh, sticking a microphone in their face and being like, "What do you, what do you want done about this?" You know, mm. there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of similarities to like the stuff that we were talking about regarding like knives and stabbings and mm. stuff as well, where like yeah. the sort of like the scale of like stabbings in London are like massively overinflated and like mm. massively exaggerated for like broadly political purposes. But like, okay, if you want to talk about the increase in like knife violence, like. Yeah, you can do it. There's a lot of literature on it. There's a lot of like evidence to mm-hmm. sort of suggest that, you know, that. No, no, as no, that's you gay. Of, We're not having any of that. <laughs> yeah, but you can't do it because because talking about structural issues is gay, yeah. right? And you're not allowed to do that. So instead, like, it just sort of goes back to like, you know, you, the only answers that are sort of, you know, you, you are there to sort of give. And that's it. It's like when they ask you like, oh, what do you think about this stuff? Like the most insulting thing is that if you actually do think critically about what happened and be like, Hey, I think there were like lots of lots of sort of social situations and like lots of sort of, you know, um, the fact that we have sort of a decaying state and like that affects people on a personal level, you know, and it affects everyone eventually. Like you're not allowed to say that. Yeah. Like that is a thing that mm. you will sort of be booed at for saying. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of recognize at a certain point that like, okay, your job is just to sort of be reactionary as possible yeah. or your job as like a journalist, as someone who actually does get the access to like speak to a parent and like does have policymakers like actually listen to them your job is really just just to sort of justify 
kind of bills that are like struggling through like the commons or the, the, the lords? It's quite coercive in its way. And I think, again, I'm still thinking about the Lawrence because like that was the stuff that they wanted was again, sectioned off and like cauterized so, so quickly, even by the, you know, the papers that were ostensibly supporting them. Like, as as we know, it didn't make the Met Police much less racist, right? Uh, having the sort of inquiry into structural racism in it. But it was something that allowed, uh, you know, the, the police and papers to kind of like dust their hands and be like, good, we've addressed this. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's not think about this or any implications it might have now or at any future time. So just sort of drawing a circle around all of it before moving on, you know, I, I think that if you if you look back at the entire story, it is once again, at, at every point, everyone from sort of the political and media sphere has treated it with the maximum amount of um, pure cynicism. Mm. And um, at every point, the, I think, murdered child uh, has taken a kind of backseat. Yeah, hopefully. If you, if, you, if you get murdered in a sort of like gruesome enough way, then you just kind of become public property. Um, mm -hmm. And the way in which uh, this country and its media particularly treats people who become public property is uh, nauseating. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would like to jarringly shift the tone again mm. because we are revisiting an old friend for mm. the rest of the episode. Ambulance. Ambulance. They changed their name from Ambulance to Ambulance. They've taken out another vowel. They're not fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon they'll just be ns. We're gonna we're gonna keep removing vowels until you take notice. <laughs> Blins, yeah. Blins, yeah. So Blins. then start adding vowels in again, and they deliver you a little salmon pancake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, fucking Ron Ron DeSantis when someone shows him a room full of balloons. Mm, Blins. <laughs> yeah. So this is ambulance, which we talked about. If you remember, it was basically a kind of Uber for ambulances. Yeah. Uh, and this is from a Medium article about it in 2019. I hate the surge pricing when you're trying to get an ambulance. Basically. Well, uh, after applying and interviewing with ambulance, Corey, this person that's being written about, a fender of fake name, received an offer and went to the company's office in Carson, California for orientation. The office, he remembers, was pretty legit and modern looking, reminding him of an Apple store. But his experience quickly soured, saying that in his orientation class of approximately 32 people, most employees seemed quite strange, as if they were turned down by every other ambulance company. He says one new hire told him that his only previous work experience was 12 years as a, se as a seasonal Halloween scare actor at Universal Studios. <laughs> 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 Quick, we need to wake this guy up. Yeah. He's too sleepy. <laughs> but you can't touch him. Just How like, can we wake him up without touching just him? Just like doing yeah. the like bursting the inflated paper bag thing with a bag valve mask. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> He's called an ambulance. <laughs> No, we, 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 we're, only, we're an ambulance that only deals with frivolous things. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, though he said he'd been told in his job interviews he'd be paid $16 an hour, the orientation, he was told that the rate was only 12 an ambulance told him the station he'd be working at had changed to a lo location an hour further from his home. After 20 minutes as an employee, he quit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he signed a resignation form and received a check for four hours of work. I mean, the thing here is, and I, I think I may have said as much on the first, the OG, like, ambulance episode uh, under a different name, that um, I think it's, there are a lot of private ambulance companies that are like mm. this, or more like this than anyone would like to admit. This is just putting a kind of, like, startup gloss on it. But I am excited to find out all the ways in which it's worse. Mm. Oh, it's stupid, and there are some fellas with some names and get involved oh, here. Awesome. Have they taken the vowels out? Uh, no, <laughs> they've left them in. With these names you are spoiling us. I'm I'm Stivgens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so basically, the way to understand their corporate structure is that there's a company called DocGo. Great. DocGo, the search engine. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The DocDocGo. Duck, duck, goose, yeah. And they own a number of subsidiaries, all of which are basically related, all of which basically do the same thing, which is patient, like non, often non-emergency patient transport. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Like, like getting people from here to there. Yeah. Sick people. Yeah, getting them to the hiccup doctor. Yeah, exactly. If you have like the chronic hiccups, then you got to get the sort of like <laughs> ambulance to and from yeah. the hospital for your weekly like uh, hiccup appointments. <laughs> for your weekly paper bag pop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've got the like scare actor in there with you. So, like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> We've triaged your hiccups, and whilst bad, they're not life threatening. So we're going to take you to the day center for yeah, hiccups. Yeah, I mean, I, again, like so that kind of non-emergency patient transport is mm. one of the easily 
outsourceable bits of ambulance yeah. services. This is and like another one of these like things that we look at so so often, where it's like public service looking at what the most easily like what the easiest offcuts are, and this is one. Yeah, mm. yeah, and they also will do things like mobile medicine for stuff you don't need a doctor for, like giving you a vaccination. Yeah, yeah. sure. So that's the, that's the basics of it, right? Um, so. Doco. This is your hiccup vaccine. Doco. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, they shoot they shoot you up with a little bit of a paper bag. Yeah, a that's deactivated right. one. <laughs> it's like homeopathy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to prescribe you to watch the last hour and a half of the film Hereditary. I think that's going to keep the hiccups at bay for a while. <laughs> so, Doco is leading the proactive healthcare revolution. They say on their website, mm. our AI powered technology. Cool. Great. Keep in mind that they tout that they're an AI company as we go. I love that we're just sticking that into any company now. Like, oh, we do like ambulances for people with the hiccups. It's AI. Don't ask how. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have loved learning all all about sort of the people involved in this and the AI claims. They they, they make one of my favorite spurious AI claims. Oh, which we're gonna get. And to. Riley's read a lot of these, so mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our AI powered technology. 6,000 plus mobile medical clinicians and relentless dedication to compassionate care mm-hmm. help ensure we keep you and your family out of the hospital. Okay. But isn't their job taking you I was going to gonna say. Yeah, that's their proactive healthcare. <laughs> just oh, okay. the, the ambulance that yeah. drives you somewhere else. Just drops you <laughs> off, kicks you out of the curb. <laughs> it just leaves you in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> the ambulance that takes you as far away from as possible from every By the time we find our way out of here, we'll be better. <laughs> yeah. So, mobile medical care helps drive better patient outcomes. Doco is committed to delivering high-quality, highly accessible healthcare for all, leveraging our agile approach to bring care to patients where it's needed and when it's needed. Topical, you know, yeah. like mm. agile, agile companies. Um, oh, we still we a love current agile. thing. Yeah. So yeah. this is, but that's like the parent company. Mm-hmm. Ambulance in the UK is specifically patient transport, and it's called CommunityAmbulance.co.uk, but it's all its branding is Ambulance by Doc. Yeah, like if, you can it, see. Yeah, there's, there's like a billion different ambulance companies that do this. If you see something that looks a bit like an ambulance but is fucked in some way, it is inevitably mm. one of these like patient transport services that have been outsourced to God yeah. knows who. Voxel well, Corsa with ambulance painted on the back. <laughs> so we know who. Because it mm. was outsourced to these people, ah, among others. Okay. So they, this is the this is uh, this is probably one of my favorite taglines because of what the sort of converse of it implies, which is communityambulance.co.uk. A great ambulance service does not appear by accident. <laughs> 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 Wait, so their ambulance service did appear by accident? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the the Aristotelian spontaneous generation theory of ambulance services. You just leave enough guys in sort of box vans around, and yeah. an ambulance service will just happen. In order to bake yeah. an apple pie, you must first invent a patient transport service. Yeah. So. We are a purposeful, we are a new purposeful type of ambulance service. <laughs> yeah, previously it was just lackadaisical. The louche ambulance that kind of yeah. drove, drives you in the direction of the woods. And yeah, then just kind of they coasts. didn't know where they were going. Yeah. It, was, it was the manic pixie dream paramedic. <laughs> yeah, I hope my EMT can't see through her bangs, you know? Mm. Well, you see, we'd built all of these ambulances and the ambulance drivers to drive them, but we hadn't built any hospitals. So there was nowhere for them to go. <laughs> it's like a it's like a really bad Civ 6 run, just like hasn't thought through the layout at all. Um, highly productive, uh, with leading-edge digital technology woven through with purpose to deliver social value in the communities we serve. That's not... That wasn't written by someone who speaks any language no it's written by chat gpt yeah the world is getting smaller but each community no, is different. easier to get to the hospital though <laughs> the world is getting smaller but each community because is we're different. mining the earth's core <laughs> that's and, what we're really spending all the money on and healthcare economies can be poles apart but people are the same everywhere and we are people mm. caring for people uh, okay okay cool Ambulance Community Partners is a new purposeful type of ambulance service provider that's adding social value and sharing big tech, capital B, capital T, with small ambulance providers. Our crews deliver the <laughs> highest level of patient care, capital C, and are connected and cooperative, capital C's. So it's some kind of like branded care that they offer. It's oh, this isn't this isn't the traditional care that you're thinking of. This is actually an acronym. <laughs> um, so I went to their like about our technology page. Yeah, great. Um, and you know where the good stuff is. Oh, of course I do. <laughs> so I went to their technology page where they were going to describe all of this like AI and digital stuff that they're claiming that would say like, here is the technology stack that we're using. Here's what we're using to do the thing, which most companies that claim to be technologies would. 
There is a blank page that just says register here for more information. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Sign up to the ambulance mailing list. Yeah, if you want to know what's in our ambulances, why don't you try developing chronic hiccups, you stupid son of a bitch? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Why don't you become a paper bag manufacturer and then we'll have to deal with you? I'm looking forward to like the sort of email or mental health day being like, you know, great way to great way to like look after yourself. Drink and make sure you're drinking two liters of water a day. Mm. <laughs> but this is what's the AI? What's the cutting edge technology? They won't say. There's a place to put your email. That's the technology. We're collecting emails. Did you did you put the show email in it? Are we going to find out? Are we going to get updated uh, like when we subscribed to Neom and it ruined both <laughs> of our YouTubes? I did try to I tried to sign up. I so far don't know much. All I could find about their technological claims was one of their areas they expanded into was Wisconsin. In the press release for their expansion into Wisconsin, they said that the company's proprietary AI technology, which again, we always know yeah. when you say, oh, we have proprietary mm. AI technology, it's either nothing or it's a guy or it's another another older technology you're calling AI. Yeah, They've got an RMPC running uh, Microsoft Access. <laughs> provides intelligent fleet routing, accurate ETAs, and real-time GPS tracking for enhanced patient engagement and peace of mind. Oh, they're using Google Maps. If you replace patient with student, that's just Zoom again. Yeah. Yeah. We're hiring EMTs from out of town to, like, do patient transport, uh, and you Mm -hmm. can track them in real time, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's the same thing, right? It Mm. is. When the ambulances are a big battery. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) uh, you know. Check out the bonus episode uh, what we did with Paris to get that joke that Milo just Oh, is that made. a callback to a future episode? No, it's a callback to a bonus episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah get on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. You don't get all the callbacks if you're not on the Patreon. <laughs> so, uh, their footprint in the UK, meanwhile, has expanded. You're using a free version of Trash Feature. <laughs> it's got limited functionality. Uh, so, their uh, footprint in the UK has been expanding, where on October 9th, uh, this was a press release on New York Business Wire, says, DocGo Incorporated, a leading provider of technology-enabled mobile health services, a claim we will question in the next 20 minutes or so, mm-hmm. announced today that its UK-based subsidiary, Ambulance Community Partners, has been awarded a five-year contract to provide emergency and urgent ambulance services, so not just patient transfer. People with really bad hiccups. <laughs> yeah. Um, with acute for, hiccups. For South Central Ambulance Services NHS Foundation Trust. Oh, God. So, oh, God. Because you can't get a real ambulance the same day anymore, so you're just going to mm-hmm. get the fucking big blue AI-powered bus yeah. driven by a guy <laughs> who used to work in a haunted house. Well, it's driven by Turkish Steve. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to schedule your hiccups now. Turkish Steve's like cyan painted Bedford Rascal. Yeah. (laughs) The the Bedford Rascal sounds like a guy, like a TikTok celebrity. (laughs) Like he's he's outside the All Souls public convenience in Bedford. Pranking people. I'm the Bedford Rascal. (laughs) I've got a tin of paint here and we're going to fuck up Dixon's. See, I was expecting you to like get a sort of British shit small van reference. Oh, oh I did get it, but then I was just like, it's amazing that there was a van called the Bedford Rascal. Yeah. <laughs> as well as a Victorian criminal. Yeah, that's um, right. So, ah, the Bedford Rascal, the constabulary <laughs> on his tail. <laughs> so, but it's got a combustion-powered van. So the services under the contract will include 16 ambulances per day providing paramedic-led frontline urgency and um, urgent response. Urgency. Paramedic, frontline urgent, excuse me, an emergency. Also, paramedic led. Yeah, does that, what does yeah. that mean? Does that mean there's one paramedic sitting in the control room telling them what to do? Does it mean that the, they are crewed with paramedics? What it, there's, or like, oh, there's a crew of three and there's like one paramedic and two haunted house guys. Yeah, I mean, d- does it mean that they have a paramedic uh, who is like an AI? An AI that they're calling a paramedic with this. Okay, I'm going to give you the adrenaline now. It's going to feel a bit cold. And there's two guys over his shoulder going, Ooh, <laughs> 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 Mobilization is set to begin in October of this year. To be fair, so this was press re- oh, sorry, a few scarier experiences than being intubated by someone who doesn't know what they're doing. So in many yeah, ways, that right. guy is like exceeding yeah. his original job. I can't scale. intubate him. I'm not allowed to touch the customers. Yeah. I've been told. Just, no, be- being intubated by a guy. <laughs> I, I got intubated at Disneyland Haunted House. <laughs> <laughs> Just be- being intubated by a guy whose only training was a PowerPoint about data protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, perfect. That's right. Uh, the ser- so basically. 
right? There's, this was from October 2023 that this was announced. Mm-hmm. Guy's in Chibagu and he's like, no names. <laughs> <laughs> so, remember that this was announced in October 2023, yeah. right? This is when the UK, or this, this particular trust, looked directly at Ambulance mm-hmm. and said, you know what? We trust these people to deliver AI-enabled paramedic-led emergency and urgent care. Because they're not on the Patreon. They hadn't heard the previous episode, and that's why it's so important. Genuinely, it it should not be the case. And this is something we've talked about before, like councils getting defunded. I'm sure NHS trusts are in the same position, especially ambulance services, uh, where it's like, we... Us dickheads should not be the last line of scrutiny and defense against hiring <laughs> these people, these fucking uh, like circus clowns, to do your patient, uh, to do your emergency care. Nova, that's very unfair. They're haunted house workers, Excuse not clowns. Me. Excuse me. Yeah, the circus clown is actually a higher calling. You know, I have to go to yeah, clown clowns are actually that. scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a. This is our clown-led response to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, so, this basically is a clown-led response mm. to. Yeah, but- we've had to we've had to expand the footwells on the ambulances. The, the size of the shoes these guys are wearing—they don't make an ambulance. So, the company also you can get a lot of them in there, though. The company is also providing. I was wondering if you're going to do that. The, <laughs> no, that would be perfect. The cloud ambulance because the ambulance is so oversubscribed. Just like fifty patients being pulled out of one ambulance, like a string of silk scarves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the company is also currently providing medical transport services for Northeast Ambulance, Northwest Ambulance, East of England Ambulance, and Yorkshire Ambulance. Jesus, that's so many. Mm. Like, mm. just while we weren't looking, like mm. the timeline here is. I go on the fucking Trash Future podcast to talk about ambulance. Nobody listens. Everybody hires these fuckers to do everything. They kill your nan putting a, like a clown nose on her while she's going into cardiac arrest. <laughs> we do another podcast about it, and I notice. That's insane. Adam Curtis' voice, but while they were riffing about the lagoon, something very strange was happening in Yorkshire. Smash cut to some found footage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the paramedic who's leading the paramedic club thing has a big mm. board, and he like turns around really quickly, um, and he you know hits you over the back of the head with it. Yeah, oh, all yeah. the paramedics are the Joker. Now. <laughs> so, before, so I want to talk a little bit about what ambulance has gone through in America mm. in the last year before it, is it strength to strength. <laughs> well, um. I've written the word embattled here. Oh, 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 they're like Sam Allardyce. <laughs> so, um, so again, this is not just not just like maintaining the services that they have here, but mm-hmm. expanding them. Yeah, in a, in a big way, as, as the so, like public sector ones like contract. Yes. yes. So in September, CEO of of Darko, Anthony Capone resigned. <laughs> hey, sorry, they sorry. got him on tax evasion. No, no, that's the weird thing. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. No, no, no. no. So, okay, hold that thought. Okay, okay. hold that thought about right? about again Tony Capone. <laughs> yeah, Tony Capone. So, hold that thought about okay. how how um, Al Capone was got on tax evasion. Mm-hmm. It's gonna come back. Okay, okay. not tax evasion. I'm not alleging he's a tax evader. Okay, fine. So. Well, so, are, are, are we allowed to do bits about the clown ambulance being mobbed up clowns? Uh, n- yes. I'm <laughs> <The> Gamb- <laughs> going through the legals in his head there. <laughs> the Gambino so, clown on balance, family. Yes. <laughs> so, in September. One of the five families, they're clowns. <laughs> in September. <laughs> you gotta go to the big top and talk, no, no, be careful. talk to Johnny Big Shoes. <laughs> be careful if you ever have a sit down with him. Look at the chair first. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so. I <laughs> just a dead monster who's got like a slightly wet face. And they're like, they got him with the fucking squirty flower. I hate these sick fucks. So, okay. We got to do something. In September, uh, yeah, you're going to the mattresses, but you squeak when you land. Uh, so, in they September. around to whack this guy. He's swinging through the air on a fucking trapeze. What, what am I, Tarzan? <laughs> Paulie and Chris just like shooting up at the trapeze with pistols. <laughs> so, in September, the CEO, so the New York Times. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, did this get written about in Britain that much? Doesn't no, seem. No, of course not. Mm. Um, it, it did a couple of years ago when they were like fucking up quite badly in Liverpool, but it never sort of got to be the kind of national scandal that maybe it should. Journalists listen to th- this podcast. What are you doing, guys? Like, <laughs> so uh, they're they're FT journalists. Only we and sort of other business people in other countries. Uh, uh, ambulance is in dire need of the Wiggins <laughs> treatment. Get Wiggins on this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay. 
In September, this is the New York Times, CEO Anthony Capone resigned amid growing scrutiny from officials in New York City, as well as the state, as well as the state, over the handling of its migrant care contract with the city, which was the very bad thing that you know they did. Capone also faced allegations that he falsely represented his educational background, which is the thing they got him for. They they kind of Amazing. did get him on tax evasion. Yeah. They, they they got him on a homework charge. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Perfect. He claimed to be like Dr. Capone and he wasn't or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. He's he's like fucking um, Bill Ackman's wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, th basically, there's now a class action lawsuit against them mm. saying, but from their investors, mm. saying My that. My hiccups are worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's from their investors okay. saying that they made materially false and misleading statements basically being like we're doing great and then it turns out they weren't doing great we have all this great technology turns out they didn't oh, a lot crazy. of the times this happens that's like me when my mum used to call yeah. <laughs> a lot of the times that this happens the investors will then file a class action lawsuit like it's sure it's sort of a, a bit of a technical thing um yeah, yeah. uh matt it's levine part of the dance of yeah basically investing. it's mm. like well you can say that if you said you're doing well and you're not doing well, and you do, you say you have this technology and you don't, that's, that's a, a kind of security. Yeah, you yeah. can say that's a kind of securities fraud, which is a bit tenuous. But it's like the the Matt Levine argument that anything that a company does can be construed as securities fraud. Mm. Anyway, that's a tangent. Um, so basically, the company was given a no bid contract by the state of New York in May to bus migrants upstate and care for them as this as New York City Jesus. ran out of room. Yeah, it, oh, it's fully just like the public service of last resort here. Mm. I talked to Tony Capone, we got all these Mexicans, and I'm telling you, they got the hiccups. It's not they even- They got the hiccups real bad. It's But it's not even a public service, because the public service of last resort is commonly thought of as the police. But mm. now, it's the public service of last resort where we're not allowed to own anything, and the police, we and the police are now too highly paid to just, you know, be be moving migrants around. So we sure. have to invent a new and worse public service of last resort. In Britain, the public service of last resort is not the police because there are no police left. Mm. It's, it's A&E. Yeah. Whatever, whatever fucked up thing, just shove it in A&E mm. and we'll figure it out later. <laughs> so in August, Governor Kathy Hochul ordered a probe into the company over complaints by migrants who claimed they were lured to Albany by the company with promises of jobs and legal assistance and then essentially abandoned. I get, oh, the good. ambulance that takes you to the woods it's real mm. Mm. lured to albany what a phrase yeah <laughs> so uh we'll talk a little bit more about like about this again the quite substantive thing that they did wrong but let's talk a little bit about what tony capone lied they got the taxes he evaded mm -hmm. so to speak metaphorically yeah um Capone's sudden exit from the company was apparently tied to false academic credentials in his professional biography. This is also this is from the Times Union. And there was one Chicago cop that got the better of him, <laughs> which he attributed to an error, which he said should have been corrected. You, you the send error, one of theirs to the hospital; they send one of yours to the woods. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we send one of theirs to the big top; they send one of ours to the lion cages. <laughs> um, but, well, that's fucking. <laughs> Emperor Caligula. <laughs> I don't know. Circuses have lions. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's Cirque du Soleil. But particularly throwing people to the lions isn't something they do at the circus. Unless it's like the Circus Maximus. <laughs> what kind of circuses were you going to? There's <laughs> like, another like Riley's grandfather's story. Yeah. Well, they owned a circus in northern Quebec where they... <laughs> Then throw the French to the lions yeah. for the entertainment of deep, the townspeople. Deep Quebec, where they're still martyring yeah. Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Quebec, where they brought over like a star room, <laughs> like religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Tabernacle. People always argue about what the successor state to the Roman Empire is, and the answer is clearly Quebec. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. So, my graduate degree, uh, he said in a speech to investors is in computational learning theory, which is a subset of artificial intelligence. And this is also part of why how he secured this multi-billion dollar federal contract to provide transportation services for, um, for migrants. Mm. However, then when the university was asked, hey, has this guy ever gone to this university at all? You? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when the university was asked, is this guy bothering you? They were like, who is Tony Capone? Yeah. We've never heard of this Literally, man. no, we would never admit an Italian. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, we've got a policy on that. Is is that it? Like, because I don't care. Like, lying about your graduate degree, you should mm. be able to lie about whatever degree. Like, unless yeah. unless you're literally like a surgeon or whatever, I do not care. I promise yeah. you, I don't. It should, it should like, be legal to lie about anything. So you you think it's like 
in order to get this like multi-billion dollar federal contract, it's like if you can lie well enough, yeah, then you get the multi-billion dollar. Like, yeah, like that's those, fine. those yeah. two guys who did the like uh, arms dealing, you know? But mm. Maybe they got in over their heads. The war dogs. But, yeah, the war dogs. Is it, is it a crime to war dog? Probably, but maybe. like, <laughs> maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe that's the kind of agility that our country so needs. Maybe, maybe <laughs> behind the bushes next to the Soviet tank. So Capone then said to the, said to the Times Union, not the Times, um, on Thursday, that while he did not have a master's degree, he had received his undergraduate degree in computer science from a quote accredited university I will not name. Cool. Ah. Oh, this is very much like I've got a girlfriend. Met her on holiday. She yeah, goes yeah. to a different school. Hollywood yeah, so upstairs I, medical school. Well, or in this yeah. case, Hollywood Upstairs AI Laboratory. Excuse me, yeah. Um, yeah. He went to, like, Neary Oxman's Deniable Media Lab. <laughs> We're trying to program <laughs> Judy Garland. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine, like, AI Lab, but it's all, like, ragtime old Hollywood type stuff. We're going to make a picture, see? We're going to do it all with computers. <laughs> do, do, um, I, they, the Buffins over here built this difference <laughs> engine. We're going to make a tab dance. <laughs> Doing the MIT speech that's like, you know, looks to your left, looks to your right. One of the, you know, one of you is not going to graduate MIT, except it's like, if, if you are caught, you know, MIT will disavow all knowledge of your activities. I'm a deniable <laughs> operative. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in the K cadre at MIT. <laughs> if you build a really stupid ambulance, we will deny all knowledge. <laughs> here's the fun, here's the fun part. On Capone's CV... Uh, he claims that for all of his degrees, he earned summa cum laude honors, but spelled it some cum loud. Some cum loud. Some cum quiet. But we all bust in the end. So that, that's like that's like something that fucking Prospero would say in Gladiator. Maximus. Some cum loud. Some cum quiet. But in the end. All must bust, Maximus. <laughs> All must bust. Yeah. So this is so this is this is the guy who again all of oh, this summer come loud. I was smoking that doobie. <laughs> <laughs> the most weed smoking undergraduate gets the summer come loud. The Valedictorian. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was honking on that ganja, yeah. <laughs> smoking that cheese like a Jamaican. So oh. this is just this oh, is God. that's um I think it's from twenty one seconds to go. I, th oh I think God. it's one of those. It's, it's smoking that cheese like a Jamaican. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um. Anyway, so this is Tony Capone. Yeah. <laughs> so he also has made some seriously other weird claims about AI, where he says that. DocGo, you should invest in it because it stands out for the competition because it's so AI-based. He says, at an investor conference with Morgan Stanley, he spoke about a technology that allows the company to help migrants a 50-step process to become self-sufficient. Cool. Okay. What are the steps? Okay. Uh, Doesn't say. Mm. B-boy. <laughs> yeah. Clown college. Graffiti. <laughs> yeah. Um, Squeezy nose. He says, through the 50-step the technology... Jesus, Scarface only had like a four-step plan to become like fully self-actualized as an immigrant in America, right? First, you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women, uh, hmm. and and then you you then are you Scarface. Reproduce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, that, that's like a four-step plan. The other fifty-one, God knows where they come from. See, it's like the the people at ambulance when someone calls in saying they've got the hiccups. It's the scene from Scarface where they're like laughing and the money is coming out of the counter. <laughs> <laughs> so hundred dollar bills like flying all over the room. So the um, they also have some other seriously strange things as well, like a vehicle they call the Hoverlance. Fucking what? What so it can rescue you from a swamp? <laughs> um, it could, uh, if you if you have if you've got the hiccups and you're in an active minefield, uh, no. So it is a it is an ambulance, a normal ambulance mm -hmm. or normal ambulance ambulance, yeah. but with like tank treads and four and like a quadcopter. Mm. What, what? What? Can I see a picture of this? Is there an image? There it is. Wh why? What? <laughs> I cannot, I cannot stress enough how much this looks like something from Team Fortress Two. Like this does not look like a real vehicle. Staffed by yeah. only the finest like theme park actors, and no disrespect to theme park actors as a profession. Uh, when you sign up for ambulance, you've got to choose a class. You can either be a thief, berserker, demolitions. <laughs> so uh, Darko will display the nation's first all-electric zero emissions ambulance 
um, as the Hoverlands, a concept vehicle created to provide emergency response to any patient anywhere via land, sea, or air. It's it's C C. It doesn't have a C. Yeah, we can't. That thing cannot fucking fly. This is a Mercedes Sprinter van with four propellers crudely welded on the roof. They, these are not big enough to make something that heavy fly. No, zero chance. Have you seen how big a helicopter's blades are? And a helicopter is so much lighter than that fucking thing. And it's got four individual tank treads. <laughs> I also imagine it can't really operate like in s in most airspace. Mm. Well, it would I feel like that's like like a major yeah, if, if being only, shot right. down by the RAF <laughs> unidentified ambulance. Yeah, being being able to get an ambulance to you by air. If only there was some kind of like thing for that, some kind of like air some ambulance kind of, air of the ambulance. air. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh well, better invent this Mercedes Sprinter. It it does always make me laugh how around London you very rarely see an actual air ambulance, but you constantly see the cars that say air ambulance on them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think so, mate. <laughs> I don't, Stealing I think, valor. Yeah, you might be yeah. in the yeah, air the, ambulance. The cuts team, are kicking like, in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the New York City is Doco's hometown, said Anthony Capone. Our longtime partnership with City Field has allowed us to support sports events with ambulance transportation and in-stadium emergency medical services. Do you like the Mets so much that you hurt yourself? <laughs> We're looking forward to showing up for our home teams and showcasing our, gr- our wonderful hoverlands for all anticipated 40,000 fans. So we also alluded earlier to improper provision of meals to migrants. Um, in, yeah, in the really care. bad thing. The the actual bad thing that he did, but that aside was sort of from like killing your nan yeah. with the landing yeah. the hover Mercedes on her. Yeah, they so, gave them the shit that billionaire who's obsessed with being young eats. Basically, <laughs> New York City would pay tens of thousands of dollars a month to dot go or ambulance mm-hmm. for meals that were supposed to then feed the migrants that were in their care, which mostly ended up getting thrown away. And I presume they spent that all on meals for the migrants, right? Well. So this is this is the difficult bit. It's more about sort of mismanagement and an unwillingness to sort of improve standards than it is about um, about profiteering, or at least so it seems from the available when I've been able to learn about it, because they would provide the basically that the meals were provided on what's called a pass through basis, which is right. like which is they agree as part of the package of services to provide the meals. The New York City pays for them, but they don't get like reimbursed. Mm-hmm. So. They wouldn't have made huge amounts of money. They just wasted a lot of the city's money, basically. Right, okay. Um, they made a lot of money by providing a kind of slapdash and substandard service. That's how they make the money, not by like this one weird meal thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, this so, one weird meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ambulance service shocks hotel full of migrants by by providing perfect molded Chow chicken man. with gravy. Why is an ambulance <laughs> service doing this? Like what? Uh, I- who else would? You know why? It's because with some, you got Tony Capone at the head of it, who saw a big no bid fe- like contract yeah. and was like, "Okay, we have cars, we'll have a go. The, the, We've we have a staff of haunted house performers." The man who loves to say yes, absolutely. We've got a Mercedes yeah. Sprinter that can fly, allegedly. Yeah, so <laughs> dumping a, like uh, chicken gel frazzy for ones out the back of the hovering Mercedes. Yeah, that's right. So, um, a d- <laughs> throwing them down like it's a leper colony. So, a, a, a doco supervisor at the Brooklyn Vibe Hotel, VYBE, which records <laughs> say houses n- named after a kind of sex toy, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, or it's like it's like you know the Rimmel get the London look, get the Bru- get the Brooklyn vibe. So, which reports 184 meals were wasted at lunch alone. The supervisor out, wait, out of because, how many? Uh, about 200. Jesus. Um, and this is because, and it's because, right, they are giving this food to people who are in their care, and the and the migrants are quite rightly looking at it and saying, this is basically punishment as food. Imagine this is disgusting. Kind of, I will not eat the, it. Like, the desperate shit that you've had to go through to get from fucking, like, Guatemala or whatever to New York City, and for the food to be that bad that you're, like, absolutely not is, so, like, 90% of you as well. Is That's... Yeah. Jesus, so the, what, the supervisor, what are they serving them? Well, I, I'll tell you about it. The supervisor, nevertheless, of course, checked the yes box when answering whether the migrants enjoyed their meals, a common response from supervisors despite vast ev- evidence to the contrary. Mm-hmm. So ri- written responses, even though they take yes, include clients angry and claim that the food has, food has mold and is making them sick, even as she checked the yes box on whether the migrants enjoyed oh, the th- food. that's some like form jutsu there, by the way. That's, yeah. that's like high-level bureaucracy to be like, was the food enjoyed? Yes. Comments? Everybody fucking hated it. <laughs> yeah. But right. they enjoyed the complaint, you mm. know? You know, um... Maybe they enjoyed it at some about. higher level that we're not equipped to yeah. discern. One, 
One migrant from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, said, the first day I ate this food, they had to take me to the hospital. Uh, oh, convenient. Spoke, they they just left me in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's basically like, we know that in the U.S. prison system, bad food is used as punishment. Yeah, the like, That's a thing that happens. Yeah, yes. and also for profiteering. Yeah, I, that, that too. And so, and in this case, it's, it's the same thing, right? Where mm. they're, they are willing to, and again, like using a lot of political space that's been opened up for them, just be like, yeah, we are going to, we are going to essentially um, keep, uh, you know, people coming to seek asylum in the country, uh, trapped in like a red roof inn in suburban Buffalo, giving them inedible food. The one good review is like, this food gave me the hiccups, but imagine my delight. <laughs> but when two theme park scare actors appeared with a paperback. So, and again, all of this happened before the contract was awarded for them to like take on more ambulance yeah, services because, in the UK. Not, like, yeah. do you imagine that any sort of like uh, ambulance service in England has a person who does due diligence, who Googles any of the people that they give contracts to? Or who even listens to Trash Future? No, no the, the bare minimum, which is listening to Trash yes, Future. Yes, exactly. Above that is googling it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to see Patreon receipts from every ambulance trust in England and Wales. So this is from a short seller report, which is short um, doco. They say that um, the the problems go even deeper. We're billing practices that former employees say amount to Medicare fraud. With one saying, I would finish the patient care report, I'd hit send on the tablet, and it would go to an office in the Philippines who were basically looking that had I written the report to squeeze every possible dollar out, out through whoever insurance company was paying for that particular and trip. Every ambulance company works this mm -hmm. way. But this one just has an office yeah. to do it on purpose. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the fraud department, not the yeah. department that helps you avoid doing fraud, quite the opposite. Uh-huh. The, the lawsuits exposing multiple allegations of forging signatures on documents, billing for COVID tests that weren't actually performed, mm -hmm. cultures of cover-up rather than comply where management covers up mistakes and patient care issues. And this actually is evidence from the UK subsidiary. Ah. Where the, and again, this is a report from the Times saying NHS Ambulance Service, this is in 2022, doctored documents to cover up truth about deaths where they where they were linked to the deaths of almost 90 patients and yet they're still in post hit, hit he's not dead he's up. just resting <laughs> he had a nasty case of the cups now he's having a little rest and also leadership has a long history this short seller report goes on of lies and connections to fraudulent schemes where two key people were at companies that the doj charged with fraudulently overbilling the government another's business was caught up in the unraveling of the second largest ponzi scheme in history yeah but this guy this guy he lied about his degree though so yeah and a board of, board of directors whose backgrounds include multiple pump and dumps, penny stocks, delistings, reverse mergers, and connections to other large Ponzi schemes. Also, you wouldn't be surprised. They have like a little no-name auditor like Greensill. Like Greensill uh, also had like Hollywood upstairs like uh, accountancy office yeah, doing their a auditing. a single Australian was man. Bondi Beach downstairs accounting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, they're, they, their company's quote AI subsidiary in Estonia is just one guy. Cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is from this week. Okay. DocGo, a provider of mobile health services, this is from also PR Newswire, has initiated a stock repurchase program as uh, provided by the company's board of directors. Basically, this is they're taking money that they have, again, that we, the UK taxpayer, have given them in many cases to repurchase its stock, which basically they repurchase it, which creates demand, which drives the share price up. It's one of the ways that like companies use lots of money they have to induce more people to invest. It gets the stock price up. Gets the people going provocative the new the new ceo of DocGo, lee beanstalk <laughs> i i sold my ambulance for these magic beans lee beanstalk lee beanstalk and his assistant jack yeah expressed confidence in the company's performance and future potential citing the recent share price decline as not indicative of the company's value yet i know britain if i know britain we are going to be hanging on to them by our nails as they just, like, flounder. He said to investors, if you can hear anyone muffled from the next room saying fee-fi-fo-fum, please ignore that. <laughs> it's an issue with the AC. <laughs> yeah, because right. again, no one else is going to do it. Uh, and the alternative is no ambulances. Anyway, anyway, that was, that was uh, Ambulance. Uh, a nice... A nice bookend yeah. to having had Alice on the mm. podcast. She, she, she was a good host, I think. Um, <laughs> yes. And I, I, I hope this November character is also, you know, uh, rewarding. Anyway, uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Remind you that we have a Patreon. It's $5 a month. And that we have a live show in March. We do, on the 13th. But it's at Backyard Comedy Club in East London. 
Oh, back um, there again. Yeah. Do not be fooled as some people on the Discord were by the fact that it's being produced by Big Belly Comedy and thinking it's at Big Belly Comedy Club, which is in Vauxhall. It is that not. That is so confusing. It is on the other side of London at the Backyard Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. It's um, in Bethnal Green. That's right. Mm. Uh, so do come down to that. We'll be doing our usual, you know, yuck ups that's right. Yeah, yeah, we're doing gross stuff. <laughs> Riley's going to be firing ping pong balls out of his pussy, so come down to enjoy that. That's the grand finale. Um, yeah, I, I have tour dates. Um, uh, Brighton on the 6th or the 5th, or the, no, the 3rd, the 3rd of March. Please, please come to that. Um, I have uh, Leicester, two shows in Leicester, uh, my old show and a new show on the 18th of February. Um, and Australia. So many Australian dates uh, in March and April. And also, like, there's some whips and stuff happening in London in February. So please come to those. Well, Riley's left the room. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all next week. Bye bye. <laughs>